If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, can we just drown this baby soon so I can get out of it? to Xbox Game Passengers. This is the show where each episode, myself and a guest will break down and chat about one game available on Microsoft's Game Pass service, uh, a game that was chosen for us completely at random. Whether it's a magical or a horrible experience, we'll be forcing ourselves through it, sharing our thoughts, and letting you know whether or not it's worth your time. At the end of the show, we'll also be picking a game for the next episode, too. Uh, Last week, Michaela and I suffered through MotoGP 17, so if that's that's at all interesting to you, you can go back and listen to that. Uh, This week, we're talking about something completely different, and I have a completely new guest with me as well. Geekscape's own Matt Kelly, host of the uh, number one Boy Meets World podcast on the Geekscape Network. <laughs> How are you doing today, yeah, Matt? That's really the calling card that I carry. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you're working on your own uh, playing with squirrels booth at uh, Comic-Con this year. Oh, yeah. No, we're really good. It's the only podcast I didn't even bother making a separate website for. <laughs> it's like there's there's no one that's listening to this. <laughs> How far along in that I, I I also do not listen to it mostly like I'm very interested <laughs> I'm very interested in it but I've I'm so far removed from Boy Meets World at this point that I only remember very small bits and pieces and it's like I don't think it's streaming anywhere here so it'd be very hard to watch um, and it seems like a big commitment I do I love the show though I actually was it at a convention a couple of a few weeks ago and uh they had a big boy meets world reunion at this at this at this uh at emerald city comic-con down in seattle and it was like the like all the main cast including mr feeney who is an old 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 he was old then yeah and now he is like decrepit and uh <laughs> uh we were in a we were at a hotel looking or waiting to go to a panel and just as we were walking in mr feeney was walking out and um i was just like oh shit that's mr feeney and i regret not like trying to say something but i didn't at the time because i'm like oh he's an old man he looks like he's trying to get somewhere but then i just like he that dude had some good solid advice yeah no and i think he would love it it seems like he's the type of dude who would love to hear from fans yeah we're almost on the second season i Mm -hmm. only record so the episodes only come out on the day that the episode premiered that's very cool so it's going to take seven years for the (laughs) podcast to be done um well five years now but 
Yeah, so it, it makes it easier for me because it's not really my full-time commitment. Like, I'm sure. fully committed into Horror Movie Night, HMNpodcast.com, and Disneyto Podcast, Disneytopodcast.com. Uh, so, like, playing with squirrels is just kind of like a fun little side thing uh, that I do. So, really, I mean, if there was anything to tie into this game, it'd probably be the Horror Movie Night things yeah. lately. But yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know if I said the title yet. This week we are playing uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, which is a very short, very story-heavy game that just launched on Xbox Game Pass just a couple of weeks ago, um, probably a month or so ago once this episode drops. Um, and uh, it's a very, very interesting experience. It's beca- It would be very, very hard to talk about the game without spoiling essentially everything because uh, it's very linear. It's it's what what one would consider like a walking simulator like the gameplay really is to just drive the story which is the most important part so rather than discussing the game and then talking about whether or not we would recommend it i want to give the recommendations first just so that if you haven't played it you can uh listen to whether or not we think you should and uh, go do so before we spoil everything for you um matt would you recommend this game like is it a, a skip uh check it out or is it a must play for you Matt, who is not a gamer, I'm really excited that you're here because, like, I've we've I don't think we've ever aside from like some some really really old stuff, we've never really had an opportunity to like talk about video games before, and uh, so I'm very interested to hear your perspectives on this. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm not a gamer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, if I was any type of gamer, it would maybe be retro gaming. Like, I still have a Sega Genesis and a Super Nintendo. Um, I have an Xbox, but it's almost exclusively for streaming the WWE network. So, <laughs> so I got Game Pass for this. Um, I've never played a game like this before, so I don't know how to compare it among games in a similar vein. But I definitely think it was worth checking out. I mean, worst case scenario, I just listened to music for three hours and played a game. Like it was not a bad way to spend a Thursday. So, so check it out is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would go check it out, but that's coming from someone who's never played a game like this. So, like, your your opinion would probably be way more valuable to listeners. Uh, I, like, for me, this is a an absolute must-play, I think. It is, and I, this is not the first time I've played this game. I, it came out, I think, mid to late 2017, and it looked very interesting at that time. So, I bought it pretty much right as it came out, um, and I I just went on and on about it on back on Geekscape Games uh, when that game came out, and I it's just so story. I play games mostly for story. Like I'm, I I very very rarely play multiplayer games, um, and it's not that they're not fun. It's just that like I feel like when you're you know a lot of it is shooters or racers or, or whatever. And aside from a, f- a few specific games, which have usually been MMOs, which are always story based, like the it's the, really the story based experiences that drive the games that I play and this is such a such a consumable piece of gaming just because it is so short it is like a two to three hours long thing but I was just enamored from the moment it opened just with the setting and with the design of things like the house that you're exploring and and the story itself and so I think that it's a no-brainer for game pass because this is a game that I think it it it's in a genre that is n- potentially not that interesting to a lot of people. And, and it's a type of game that is really a labor of love because it's it's one of those things where if you're making something like this, you're not seeking sales because it's probably not going to sell. Um, but it's a per- that makes it also a perfect fit for something like Game Pass where 
you know, it's just, I'm paying this money anyways. What's this neat looking game? Oh, I've just spent two hours playing one of the best stories that I've ever played in a video game before. Like, I, I don't know. I can't give it more praise. So you should probably just go and play it. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, the tough thing is that I told my friend like, oh yeah, I'm going to be doing this thing for, for the Game Passengers podcast. And uh, the next day they're like, so how was it? And I was like, I don't know if it was a game. <laughs> well, and that's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, recommendations, Matt says, check it out. I say definitely have to play it, put everything down right now. So now we can kind of jump into it. I, I agree. Like it is the, the genre itself is very, like it's what's considered like a walking simulator. And there's a few other games in this. Someone else described it as a visual story which sure, I yeah. which I think works too. Like it's not bad. I was captivated. Yeah. But there was like this point where like after the game was over, there was part of me was like, I feel like I didn't do too much. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's very much you like because aside from you, you, I mean, you walk around and you like grab or interact with things, and that's really the extent of the gameplay. So confession, by the way, yeah. um, there were two points in the game where I had to pull up someone's walkthrough because I <laughs> could not, like I just wandered around and I'm like, I don't, I don't see where I'm supposed okay. to be going. And I had to yeah. like pull up someone's walkthrough and be like, Oh, I didn't go far enough on this branch and I can actually go into the house. Like, like there's like one uh, or two parts where I'm like, where the, what the fuck am I supposed to do next? Cause otherwise I felt like the game was very distinctly guiding me to exactly sure, where I was yeah. supposed to go yeah. at all times. Um, so it's still interesting. Like, from a horror fan perspective and from like a mystery perspective, I had fun just seeing the story unravel, mm -hmm. but it doesn't really feel like it doesn't feel like a mystery or a horror film at the same time. Like it's very mm -hmm. weird. Like it, it, I don't know. I should I do the summary? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, speaking of story, why don't you read the synopsis just to uh, give an idea of what the game's about? All right. Where did you, so you sent this to me, but where did this come from? Is this off the wiki? Is this off the, this is from the official website. Okay. From the official website. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch is a collection of strange tales about a family in the Washington state. As Edith, you'll explore the colossal Finch house, searching for stories as she explores her family history and tries to figure out why she's the last one in her family left alive. Each story you find lets you experience the life of a new family member on the day of their death. With stories ranging from the distant past to the present day, the gameplay and the tone of the stories are as varied as the Finches themselves. The only cons consistence are that each is played from a first-person perspective and that each story ends with that family member's death. Ultimately, it's a game about what it feels like to be humbled and astonished by the vast and unknowable world around us. Created by Giant Sparrow, the team behind the first-person painting game, The Unfinished Swan. Had a little bit of a stumble there. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so here's the thing, though. Like, in the description, it says Edith tries to figure out why she's the last one in her family left alive. Mm -hmm. I still don't know the answer to that question, though. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, and, and, I, and I almost feel like that's a misguidance because it's it, it's it feels when you're playing it like it's less about like she doesn't know what happened to her family members because it, it it's i think think it gets pretty clear that her mom was very controlling and was afraid that the knowledge of these people was part of what this so-called curse was in the first place and so if she never learned about them and if she never, never learned about her family's history then maybe that sh maybe she maybe it would avoid her um type thing and so this is her 
because she they left they left the house forever which is this massive house that because it's this mass the finch family is this massive family and they just add on and add add and add and add to the house as people come and go and and uh my perspective is that she was going back she's an adult um she's going back she hasn't been there since she was 11 years old she's going back to figure out what actually happened and she's a, a pregnant adult she's yeah, about to yeah. become a mother herself which is i mean spoiler but i think we gave a warning <laughs> but that's like not revealed until you're in the final like 30 minutes of the game yeah yeah there's yeah it, and it's just so nonchalant like it was there the whole time and i mean there's there's I feel like there's hints here and there. And if you, if you look down, cause it's, it's a game where it actually shows the character as you look down, it's like, is she chubby or is she pregnant? Like there's, gotcha. yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Uh, I was so bad. <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first 40 minutes of this game, just doing simple things like mm-hmm. opening up the mailbox slot. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, or opening a book. I couldn't open up a book to save yeah. my life. For the <laughs> as I was going, as I was starting to go through, because I'm like, I, we does, we selected this game or, or this game was selected for us last week. And I was so excited to play it again, just because it gives me a reason to go back to it. And I remember just absolutely loving it. Um, I think that year, I think I called it one of my favorite games. Um, but uh I, as as I'm doing this stuff, I'm thinking like, I wonder how Matt, who like doesn't play video games, I wonder how this is going for him because it's it doesn't it just it, like the, all the controls and everything are fairly simple, but it doesn't tell you anything. Like you have to fi- you know you you have to figure out that okay, I want to interact with this. I have to press the right trigger, and then and then what? Like and then you have to like move. You know, it was quite literally me trying every single button until one of the <laughs> buttons did what I wanted it to. Um, but it, so like I, after I finished playing the game, like the next day, I finally got around to watching uh, a show that everyone and their mom has already seen, which was the haunting of Hill house. Oh shit. And the similarity in the way that Hill house's narrative is with this was actually kind of jumped out at me. Oh yeah. I never thought about that because it's very much in the present, but also jumping back to all mm-hmm. the horrible things, which like quick pause. I, if someone had told me that haunting of the Hill house wasn't so much a horror story as a drama about what yeah. happens to a family after yeah. they experience a haunting, I would have watched yeah. it so much. <laughs> I, cause whenever I've, whenever I've had conversations with people, cause I'm always like, have you watched Hill house? Yeah. Uh, and they're like, no, like I'm not really into like scary. And I'm like, well, it's scary, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like a horror version of this is us or something like that. Like, I, the way I'm going to, cause I have to talk about it on the podcast soon enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to basically say, like, you ever watch Poltergeist and then at the end of the movie wonder, like, well, how does that family go back to normalcy after that experience? Like, mm-hmm. this is the show about how they can't. Like, <laughs> I, I I have find it hard to like that show's been out for a long time and I thought you would eat it up right away. I, I if it's on a streaming service in general, it's not. It, it's so easy for me to say, like, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. And then, sure. like, yeah. next thing I know, I'm buried under, like, 40 shows that I haven't yeah. watched yet so like yeah, fair. i gotta finish this and then i'm gonna finally do sabrina and then like it's just like all these different shows that have just been like stockpiling because i'm like mm-hmm. oh i'll get to it i'll get to it and now i'm like oh shit now it's I've got a, it. i yeah it's so hard because it's like i i feel like in a lot of ways like places like netflix are almost cannibalizing their own content because i'm like oh shit this looks super cool 
but then next week they release something else that looks super cool. And so I feel like unless I watch it the moment it comes out, I will never, ever get to it because, oh, look, there's something new and shiny over there. Yeah. And also the length of shows uh, helps or hurts. So like Hill House, I knew was a much mm-hmm. larger commitment because mm-hmm. it was hour long episodes versus right. like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt or BoJack Horseman or Atypical that are 30 minute shows. Totally. It's like, oh, I can knock this season out really quickly versus yeah. like Hill House. It's like, OK, I got to really put aside a weekend where I'm not doing it. Like I'm dog sitting this weekend. So it made it perfect because I had no distractions to just put it on. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Anyway, back to, (laughs) Uh, but I mean, it's all in the same type of vein. I don't think we're sidetracking that much. I think we're using pop culture relevance to, to kind of draw understanding, but it was very, it's so weird. Like I, (laughs) yeah, there's moments where I'm like, I get it. And then there's moments where I'm like, Oh no, I know where this is going to (laughs) go. But like the first story is you turn into a cat mm-hmm. and then yeah, you, so turn, you just keep a little girl named Molly. Yeah. Who I think is like 10 or something like that when she died. Like a lot of these people do not live very long. No. And like, like that one, I still don't totally get how she died. Like that level was fun and it was cool mm-hmm. being like the sea monster, but she kind of yeah. was just like, Hey, there's a monster in my bed and it's going to eat me now. And then like, that was the end. And I was like, yeah. huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think with that one, because it's I feel like one of the things and one of the notes that I wrote down is that it's a lot of a lot of the actual because you are you are kind of living through these like uh, Edith's the character that she's kind of seeing or reliving these memories through like um, her her grandma like memorialized uh, these people. And so essentially, like you're in this house, all these rooms like after the people die the room turns into like it's turned into like a memorial for them. And so, so their things are kind of strewn about in a certain way. There's usually like a letter or a poem or something like that. And that's actually what, or a journal. And that's what Edith picks up and reads. And that's what kind of fills her into what happened to this, um, to this person. But it's a lot of unreliable narratives. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that like my perspective and I didn't really get it until I played it this time. Cause the first time it was kind of similar and it was like, it was like, Oh, like this is really like, I wonder how she actually died because the story that we're hearing is like the 10 year old's perspective about what's happening to her. Um, But I think that what actually happened in this instance is that she is, you know, she's locked, she gets in trouble for whatever reason and she's locked in her room without dinner and she's very, very hungry and on the mantle and you know she's trying to eat everything she can she like downs a thing of toothpaste who knows what was in toothpaste back then i don't know yeah um but there was also some like weird berries that were in like on like a uh, a thing on the like the bathroom windowsill and oh, i think, you think that, that she those just were, got poisoned yeah i think that they were probably like poisoned because then things like the sea monster and stuff that was like a stuffy that was in her room and the the like a- owl that she, or the, the owl that she is there's like an owl mask hanging on the wall like i think she's hallucinating based on the stuff that's in her room uh before she finally just fucking dies yeah uh, <laughs> and it's so this game is so morbid at it like dude there's a level where your whole thing is that you're just a baby about the drowned and like you yeah. know that that's what's going to happen like from and, the start yeah. like oh yeah as soon as yeah. i was in that tub i was like oh can we like, just no way out of this, this tub yeah, yeah. It's like all right can we just drown this baby soon so i can get out of it like and it's so and it's like it's fucking heartbreaking because it's like like that like because you are learning that you know this is a a finch baby and so you're also you've also learned about the parents at some point or you're about to learn about the parents but it's like in this instance like this baby dies because the baby's having a bath 
Um, the mom is about to take the baby out of the bath. The phone rings. So she goes to pick up the phone. And then like kind of in the meantime, this like the baby somehow, somehow the, this, the faucet ends up being turned back on and the water fills up. It's a one year old baby. The baby can't get out. The baby dies. And it's like, the 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 person that was calling was the husband um and so you later learn about him and it's like just you like or you read there you read a letter he wrote to her like on their divorce papers and it's like just so it's so it feels so real and it feels so heartbreaking and it's like both of just just thinking how both of those people must i don't know probably blame the other one but even though it's like like how could you I'm just throwing this out there. I'm blaming if I'm blaming one of the two, it's the mom. <laughs> Your baby's in the tub. Like you don't yeah. need to answer that phone. <laughs> the dad probably didn't know the baby was in the tub. Like he's just phoning his wife. But I mean at like how could how, you know, how does the husband go on not blaming himself? Like had I only not called or had I waited five more minutes, like he's yeah. gonna blame himself. And just I think that this game does a really good job of like making you feel stuff like that like it's just it's very it's morbid and a lot of the stories are like it's like what the fuck like it's what were some of your favorite stories because they're all there's so many and i feel like all of them are so interesting i feel like you probably like barbara the most though that's that's the tales from the crypt comic was it literally yeah and, and was it literally like it sounded like the dude's voice like was it literally and it's been years since i've seen tales from the crypt keeper but i was like is this just the same guy so i i do have to admit that um I just had the subtitles on and was listening to music, so I can't oh, answer that you question. Son of a bitch. But uh, the book, everything about the book looked as close to an EC comic as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. So I would say it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. Um, does the wiki? I wonder if the wiki has like a list of voice actors or anything in it. I, well, and it's it's so hard. like it just it sounds what I like what I remember the Crypt Keeper voice sounding like. It was not. It was not. If it, if it was him, he has chosen to not have it on his wiki page. <laughs> so it must have been someone doing a very good impersonation of him. Or or you just don't remember the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's I did love that cartoon, though. I did no, love that, that cartoon. That was the, the Tales from the Crypt Keeper cartoon yeah, or yeah. the actual game? <laughs> no, the Tales from the Crypt Keeper cartoon. Oh, uh, and the game. And the game. Yeah, I think the game was cool in the way that they presented that because you could like see in the panels below you what was going to happen mm-hmm. which was really really cool and surreal like the game is i like i said i had a blast watching the game and i mm-hmm. feel like that's like the key word is like i with the exception of like little things i didn't feel like i was a contributor i felt like a viewer <laughs> Well, and that brings up an inter- interesting question too. Like, do you feel like I, I remember finishing it and thinking this could work. It could work very well as like a mini series or as a feature film or something like that. Do you feel like it adds, do you feel like it being a game adds anything and is the writing strong enough and the presentation strong enough that had it been just a film, do you think that it would be interesting at that point? I actually think that being a video game is the best way to present the information because such a large chunk of it is putting yourself in the shoes of those characters. Mm-hmm. And I fear that doing a PO, like with the exception of um, Maniac from a couple years ago, doing POV specific movies is really tough sure. because they kind of just turn into like this found footage shaky cam that right. like no one wants to deal with. And I think that like you could absolutely do you know, to go back to haunting of Hill house, like a good, like six or seven streaming show 
Mm-hmm. But it couldn't be that pers- that first person perspective. It would have to be more Just of traditional, like, yeah, like a traditional thing. And I feel like you would lose so much from it being a traditional thing mm-hmm. as well. Because like, how do you do say the baby story, right? As like just a traditional thing. You right. know what I mean? Well, and that's like that's a good point too. Because that's that again, kind of going back to you're seeing or or learning about these instances from the perspectives of the people that lived them or died in them but um you know it's a baby so it's like the baby is the tub is full of toys and the baby is seeing these like frog toys and stuff just jumping around because it's a baby and it's like i don't know does it have an imagination in the game it does like yeah (laughs) in the game yeah i'll tell you the other one that i really really liked and i think would not work in any other medium is the one where you're taking pictures Mm, sam yeah that one i wrote down specifically as well because that was one of my that was one of my favorites also. <clears throat> and you're totally right. Like that, it only works from the perspective of the camera. And I feel like that's a, it, using that as the medium to kind of have you exploring this environment, I feel like was really worked well. Um, and the moment of death, I feel like is very, like I, I, I remember watching Michaela play this one a couple of years ago and just the gasp that came out of her at the moment, the like, like so, in this one, the the it's like a the daughter and the, the dad Sam are going hunting, and the daughter is pretty apprehensive. She doesn't really want to do it. Um, <clears throat> it, and it flips between Sam, the father, taking pictures of the daughter, and vice versa. And she ends up shooting a deer, and they go up to like take their take a take a trophy photo with the deer, and the deer's not quite dead, and it kicks the dad off a cliff just as just at the moment the timer goes off. So the like the final photo is like him flying off the cliff, and and the daughter's look of shock, um, and it's like startling. <laughs> like, but see, and the only downside to that is that I almost wish that that was like the first level and because at this point i'd become so accustomed to like all right someone's gonna die that like as he started walking up that hill i'm like oh no (laughs) okay yeah yeah. she said like oh it's still moving and i'm like Mm. oh no (laughs) so you're just like you're just you are the cause of their death at that point you're you're you know what's going to happen but you are walking them to their doom essentially i tried to not take the photo and he was like damn it i gotta get this timer working (laughs) like if you don't if you don't move the character quickly enough, he keeps yeah. coming back and you can't escape it. So, Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Kind of talking about exploration as well. It's, I feel like, cause you, you, I mean, you're talking about how it potentially wouldn't work in a different medium just because it's putting you in the shoes of everything. I feel like, like I do play quite a, quite a, bit of video games and i feel like not a lot of games make me feel like i want to explore every nook and cranny of its environment um and in this game uh i feel like i would literally walk around and interact with everything i possibly could before moving on because it just felt like it felt like every object that you could interact with gave you some insight into these characters or these lives and i wanted to absorb as much of that as possible how what was the exploration like for you uh, I definitely enjoyed walking around and see, but like, I also kept getting lost. Like I, I, okay. I would get lost and be like, shit, like where, <laughs> where am I supposed to go? You should, uh, you should play Disneyland adventures from a couple weeks ago. You'll never get lost. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I'm probably going to after the episode <laughs> that I listened to, but, uh, <laughs> the, I like the way that it presents you with specific information. Like you open up that music box in the very beginning, and it just tells you like, oh yeah, this is a music box. And like, 
you have no reason to continue spinning the dial once it opens up and the right. character starts talking. And then it's not until probably an hour to an hour and a half into the gameplay later when you're reading the comic book and it writes in the comic book about how if you keep turning it, that's the hidden key to get into the the garage or the basement or whatever. And, you know, it's just like little stuff like that was like very, very cool. And, I, you know, I did enjoy I, I, I think I enjoyed this movie. I see. I almost said movie. That's the thing. <laughs> I enjoyed this more than it sounds. I like. I enjoyed it. It's just that, like, when your only real experience with playing video games is, you know, a Mario World or a Legend of right. Zelda or any of that. Like the idea that I basically just sat on a couch and was hitting the triggers on the top of mm-hmm. my controller for two and a half hours and watching a story play out in front of me is just so out of the realm of what I considered gaming. Right. So it was a different experience than what you were expecting just Very based much. on it being called a game. Is this what um, I know you guys used to rave about life is strange is life is strange, the same type of concept, or is that a little bit more interactive? It's more interactive. Um, it is still, cause have you ever played like any of the telltale games? Like, with the walking dead or anything. No. Okay. (laughs) Um, it's, it's like, it is very story heavy. You do, you're still not doing a lot in terms of like action or anything like that, but it's more about like in this, in Edith Finch really are the, like, there's not a lot of, but there's a lot of characters, but you're not interact. Like Edith is not interacting with them. Like you flash back into their life or what lives or whatever. Um, so it's a lot like life is strange is there's a lot of conversations with characters that are right there with you. And the biggest things that you have to do are to make these very like sometimes grave choices um, as to what, what you would like, how you would like to proceed. But yeah, it's, it's similar. It, like it could probably be considered like, cause it's like a whole genre of like what's considered walking simulator, which is your, you exist just to kind of walk around, interact a little bit with the environment, but really it's a, it's a means to tell a story. Um, and there's some, some other very popular games in the genre, but they are um, there. Yeah. Like I would say life is, it's, it's more gamey, but it's still not like, what it when you think video game what you would picture yeah it just it, like i said it's 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 almost like rewiring my brain to understand video gaming in a whole different way well and i, I think that's a good perspective as well because i think that it also like a lot of people when they think video games they think very directly to something specific like a shooter or a mario or something like that and i think that just i think this conversation does a good job of showing it, a game can be literally anything like yeah, it can be layers of different things. Yeah, like it is just a mean. It's a means to present a, a certain type of art, and whether that is a, a Mario or a Call of Duty or an Edith Finch or a Life is Strange, like they're people that don't consider themselves gamers or that would be like, oh, I would never play a video game. Like, like that is very severely limiting yourself from experiencing certain things um, because it can be anything. Like this again, like aside from your well and a question that that brings up as well do you feel like the challenges that you had with the controls or figuring out what to do do you feel like that took away from the experience for you so if somebody who as well i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna play a game for the first time i'm gonna play edith finch do you feel like that the struggle to figure out how to play even though it is fairly simple do you feel like that would overshadow the enjoyment of of a very unique and very interesting story like this one no i mean I figured it out eventually. And once I figured it out, there was not so many struggles. Like, like once I knew what I had to do to do things, I was like, okay, I'm in. But, you know, 
if you're going to give up within the first two minutes because you can't figure out how to make a character open a book, then like, yeah, you're probably not, <laughs> you're probably not going to enjoy it. <laughs> what did you did you did you have any troubles with the the Milton story at the end with in like the fish plant when you're having to control the chopping up of the fish, but also having to control like his prince version in his imagination at the same time? So at first I struggled with it and then I eventually realized that one trigger controlled one thing and the other one controlled an opposite thing. Okay. Yeah. So in my brain, I thought that I had to be using both triggers to do things simultaneously and make them sync up. Mm -hmm. But at one point, most of the map was taking over the screen and then the fish were just kind of popping out. And that's when I realized like, Oh, the left trigger is what's controlling this, this imagination moving through the streets, Mm -hmm. but the right trigger is what's moving the fish. So then I was able to kind of force my, my body to like understand how to navigate, Mm -hmm. which like I didn't, I wasn't like struggling, but I was like getting annoyed because I, (laughs) I would like start walking in one direction. I'd be like, God damn it. This fish is here. Now I'm going to back up for a little bit. (laughs) And then like, so I keep taking like two steps forward and then one step back and then two steps forward because I thought that I needed both triggers in order to get the fish head cut off. Okay. Yeah. Um, so once I realized that, and that was just through like a happy accident, yeah. like I probably could have still beaten the level quote unquote, um, not figuring that out, but man, it went a lot quicker once I figured it out. Was there a point you realized? I don't think that I did. And and again, this playthrough was my second playthrough, so I knew what was going to happen. But first time around, I don't think I ever because at the end, the end of the game is all of these stories have been told. She's essentially writing the story. Yeah, she's learning what happened. She's writing about them in a journal for her child, like in the instance that she might not make it, type thing. Just because of what happens to the Finch family, and in the end, it's revealed that she it looks like she died in childbirth. Um, and that they never actually met. And then so this is years later and the now teenage kid is going is reading the journal is going to the Finch house to kind of explore and, and to figure out who her mom was uh, and stuff like that. Did you see that coming at all or was that a surprise to you? I guess I didn't piece together like I I didn't piece together that the daughter was who was opening the book at the start. Um, oh, shit. Is that re- really? No, I feel like that's is that the case though? Because I feel like she was writing in the journal at the start as well. Like I think that was Edith. Is that what you're, I'm trying to remember? Okay, because like for me, I I thought that it was basically just that she died and that this was like the book that was left for. I didn't totally get that the that the daughter now is going back to the house. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a it's and it's pretty like there's just a five second cut at the end of the game and it kind of shows the kid in the graveyard at Edith's, Edith's grave. And that oh. I think is the only reason that you know that the, this, that this child has gone back. Yeah. That, no, I think that makes sense. I, yeah. I didn't even piece that together because I am a fool. And also it was like 10 <laughs> o'clock when I finally finished and I just wanted to go to sleep. And you were listening to music. So I was enjoying some sweet, sweet musical numbers. <laughs> Uh, were there any other stories that really stood out for you or was there any stories that you didn't think were worth having in the game, like comparative to, to some of the others? I feel like the kite levels kind of lackluster in comparison to everything else. Like it's yeah, not yeah. bad, but it's kind of just like it taught. Like if you want to talk about one where I felt like I was completely worthless as far as a player, uh, that's probably the biggest one mm-hmm. because 
Like I'm just literally just moving this kite around. <laughs> well, and it's not <laughs> obvious like what you have to do with it either. Yeah, I still don't know what I did. <laughs> I did something. I think it's like you have to fly it across the because when the when the narration happens, it also pops up like text on the screen as to what the narration is. And it does it in an interesting way. Like it looks like it's, it's designed to be there as part of the like cinematic experience. But in this one, you fly when you, as you fly the kite across the text, the text kind of joins the, the, the kite's tail and gets bigger and bigger over time. And that is how, yeah, I got that. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to move that stuff to a different location mm. or what. I just know that suddenly the guy was dead. That's <laughs> so, true. Yeah. And it's interesting because I thought, yeah, like I thought story wise that one was interesting, but it also, yeah, you're right. It does. It is the weakest, I think, in terms of the, like how interesting it is to play. Cause there's some of them like, like the f- camera one and like the one where you're a cat and an owl and a sea monster. Like, it's just like, you're like, what, the, what the heck is happening? And this is like a kid flying a kite and then stuff falls on him. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was getting stressed out, especially with the cat level. Um, I got stressed out pretty much any time that I was walking on a tree branch. Right. Because there was like things where in my brain, I'm like, I should be able to jump to that. Right. And I and I couldn't because mm-hmm. the game wouldn't allow that. Like, that's not where you're it's a very to set path that you're that you're supposed to be able to take. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like that was like driving me nuts because I'm like, well, I don't know where the fuck else I'm supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is getting, where I stopped playing this stupid game. <laughs> I was getting so upset with the cat level specifically. But that mm-hmm. was also when it dawned on me that, like, I'm not really in the driver's seat for this game. Sure. I am. I am in the passenger seat. And occasionally the game will let me drive for a little bit. OK. Uh, which is fine. Like, I'm not complaining about it. No. But now that I'm thinking about it, like, I played this on Wednesday or Thursday, and we're recording this maybe four days later. Mm-hmm. There's definitely rooms that I remember being in, but I couldn't tell you what the death of was for that person in the room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so there's definitely ones that are very standout. Right. Like, yeah. Among, but you also go through so many different people. So you like, do, yeah, and some of them are like, t- some of them are like fifteen minutes long, and some of them are like three or four minutes. Like, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, the, we've named all the ones that I definitely remember. Yeah, I also thought one that I thought was super interesting was the story of Walter, which was the brother from the Barbara story, who essentially after this, well, and it's so interesting because it's like the the barbara one you're reading this comic book so it's obviously a very dramatized version of what happened but that's what you are then taking as the story but what actually happened to barbara but in any case whatever happened to barbara walter also thought it was monsters and then he ends up living in a bunker underneath the house for like 40 years or something like that yeah and in the meantime like he thinks there's monsters outside so he won't leave and he eats you know he lives the same day every day essentially which you know he's eating peaches and blah 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 and there's a a rat you know one day the house starts rumbling randomly and he thinks it's the monsters but there's just like a, a railroad track that's beside the house essentially and so it's a train going by and then like 40 years later he decides to essentially you know whether it's for he says like whether i get a few years or a, a few months or even a single week like he decides to go and take his life back and he digs his way out of the bunker only to be hit by a train moments later and yeah. it's like moments like it's just like holy like these guys are the, the guys that wrote this game are brutal like it's just so it's so sad it's very like mean-spirited in the final destination kind of way (laughs) where where, like you're just like oh of course he got hit by a train like why wouldn't he right like 
Like the moment, the moment he walks out of the tunnel, it's like, oh my god, I'm seeing the sun for the first time in forty years, fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Like, I definitely remember there was the room where the two brothers shared, and like the one area of the room was roped off, and you were in like it was almost like a homemade rocket ship. And yeah. I can't for the life of me remember like what happened to that person. That was the kid on the swing. Oh yeah, yeah. that one was. I mean that. That's the parents' fault. Why do you build a swing uh, on the side of a cliff? Yeah, uh, I, I, that actually it was a fun gameplay level. But yeah, that one that disappeared one, out that of my brain. Control talking about struggling with controls. That one, oh, I had me no because I had no problem with it. I was like, this is easy. <laughs> I, I even the second time didn't realize that each because essentially each trigger pumps a leg and so you're pulling and back on the stick and and pushing forward on the stick and pumping your legs and i was just using one trigger and not realizing that you were supposed to use both triggers and and so i'm like it's like two minutes in i'm like i feel like i should be swinging higher by now and it took me way too long to realize that i was only pumping with one leg yeah, I guess that would uh, I guess that would make it hard. And then I thought, like, how do one-legged per- people use a swing? Because <laughs> it didn't work for Walt. For or not, it didn't work for this character. You just kind of turned, like it was just kind of turning <laughs> side to side. <laughs> You're just trying to save his life, is what was happening. Yeah, right. Yeah, you have no choice. You have to kill these people. Yeah, the game doesn't give you an out. Is there any other? Th- is there anything else that stood out? Or are you pretty much done talking about? Yeah, I can't think. I'm. Is there anything that stuck out to you that might actually trigger some of my memories? Because, like I said, the, I feel like we covered all the ones that like really stuck out my brain. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was cool. That was fun. That was memorable. Now, I think that we like all of the ones that I specifically noted as wanting to talk about. They we kind of have talked about all of them. Um, I thought I mean, we didn't really like one thing. The one that I really loved and we talked about it briefly, but just the the kind of fairy tale scrapbook of uh, just the layout of like the Milton story, which he's like this. It sounds like he's like a a drug addict and then he kind of gets clean, but he kind of then replaces it with his imagination and and builds this kind of world. He he like works at this very monotonous like fish plant where he's just cutting apart fish. And but at the same time, he's in he's basically like imagining himself as the prince of this place um of this kingdom and it's very interestingly designed because it's all like it's it's looks like a scrapbook like it looks like a fairy tale storybook that's been like built i thought that was very a, a very powerful um story being told as well and that was kind of and that it was kind of the last straw for the family as well where once yeah. he died um which it seemed like he might have died at the fish plant uh, that's what i got i got that he walked up the conveyor belt. Yeah, and got like cut in cut up. Like yeah. which is super morbid again. Yeah. Um, I, and I think that as much as I enjoyed elements of this game, that was definitely the level where in my brain I was like, this is something special. Like yeah. what I was doing felt special. Mm-hmm. Um and that was from someone who's never played anything like this before. It felt like this is really unique. This mm-hmm. is different. But yeah, and I even like the weird like walking around inside the secret library overhearing the final argument before yeah, every, totally. before leaving like that wasn't really even specifically a level as much as it was just like exploring this library mm-hmm. while you were getting exposition mm-hmm. but it was a cool way to get that exposition totally and i like it's just one of those things where i i feel like the world and the characters in it are so interesting that i every moment of exposition that i could get i just absorbed and i would love like it's just such an interesting world and it takes, I think, I feel like it takes something really, it takes a really special 
presentation and environment to kind of grip me like this game did. And um, I've, you know, I like every sort of game like this in terms of like the, like I, people fucking hate the walking simulator genre. I love it because it's like just these guys trying to present this unique story in most cases. And um, I've not played one since that has gripped me like this one has in the two, you know, two years or so that it's been out. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I think, I think it's something very, very special. I really appreciate your perspective that like going into an experience like this, you know, I'm going to go play this game. And then you're like, is this even a game like going into that with that perspective? Like, I think that's super interesting because it's something that I've never, you know, I, as someone that plays, you know, I'll play a shooter and I'll play an RPG and I'll play a platformer and I'll play this. Like, it's just a different type of game. But to, to, I think that's super, I've never even thought of that, that like, you know, how, what, what makes a game a game really, I guess. Yeah, no, it, 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 uh, I want to do a few more of these. I think I'm going to give life is strange a spin since I remember hearing how much you guys all loved it way back. I think it's mostly me. (laughs) Well, still, I mean, you guys had dedicated episodes to just talking about that game. So it's not like you were the only one championing for it. Yeah. And it's on Xbox game pass. Yeah. Well, that was my next question. So, Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to spin this like this very clear, obvious wheel that's sitting in between us. Because um. <laughs> uh, we're in the same room, in the yes, same uh, town, in the same country. 100%. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, okay, so next game is called The Hunter Call of the Wild. Ooh. Yeah, uh, which I know nothing about. And uh, yeah, uh, I hope I hope it's just like Deer Hunter. Like it's just like one just, of those old <laughs> PC games. Oh god, there's nothing to I, do. That was so hard. I remember trying deer. to play like Deer Hunter two, and it looked terrible. And I don't think I ever shot a deer, and I tried for hours. I had Manhunter. Man, that sounds was, way better. It was you were a deer shooting. Oh, hunters. I think I've heard of that. Uh, I don't remember much about it. That was when my brother and I would see cool PC games and buy them based on the cover <laughs> and then not know what we were doing and then just give up. And that, I mean, that sounds like an amazing way to do things. And like, I feel like it's, you can almost bring that back with some, something like Xbox game pass. Cause it's, except you don't have to pay for every single one. Yeah. Well, and I certainly can't figure out how to cancel the subscription. So You're in I'm for just, life. Yeah. Yeah, so You're I guess this is just another. Damn it, Derek! I've got the Disney Plus coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> but with the money, you know, I expected Disney Plus fourteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. It's seven dollars. Yeah, seven bucks. That ain't nothing. So even with your ten dollar Game Pass subscription, you're at less than twenty dollars, which we thought Disney Plus was going to launch at. Yeah. Can I also tell you that uh, with the Disney Plus thing, the the thing I'm weirdly the most excited about is that is they have a all whole 30 chat. seasons of the Simpsons. No, launch, I mean, though. that's, that's exciting. But the fact that there's a whole page dedicated to just national geographic. Oh, I stuff, saw that. Yeah. I was like, man, like that's going to replace Bob Ross as my thing to put on in the background <laughs> when I just want to like lay on the couch and close my eyes for a little bit is like just nature documentary. <laughs> yeah. It does. So like that could kind of confuse me. Is that like a partnership or does Disney own National Geographic? I, I think 20th Century Fox owns oh, yeah, National okay. Geographic. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was like, I saw that and I'm like, that's one of the things? Sign me up. Yeah. And, and sorry, this has nothing to do with Game Pass. It's okay. And they 
they have that documentary that's going to be out about the history of Imagineering and how they oh, build shit. all the robots and shit. Like that'll I'm be really gonna, cool. I am going to binge that first day. <laughs> like that's going to be one of the first things I watch on Disney. Yeah, Plus, I cannot show. wait until one year when Disney Plus comes to Canada. Yeah, they've got a whatever year of, that is <laughs> the making of the Muppet movie. Um, yeah. They said it should be through all of North America before the end of 2019. I don't know if it's for real though, because if it's only launching in U- the U.S. in November, that doesn't give them much time to hit Canada. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how much more needs to be done for that. They they said by by January of 2020 they wanted all in the United States okay. and starting to be in Europe, and then by the end of 2020 they want all of Europe to have it. Okay. So. so maybe we won't be maybe we won't take too long. Um, do you one, so, sorry, so do you cancel any subscriptions in favor of the uh, the Disney Plus? Oh hell no! I just subscribe to everything. <laughs> I was going to say because they're taking a lot off of Netflix for it, but. Netflix has those sweet, sweet original series that makes it tough to walk away. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't know. I don't remember the last time I watched something Disney-related on Netflix. Like, because I'll all, usually see whatever. And I guess Fox now. But I'll... That's what I was going to say. It's more the Fox thing. They yeah, like, I, I feel like I still... I, even though there's no movie pass or anything, I see, <laughs> I see so much in theaters that the most of what I watch on Netflix is like either older TV shows or Netflix original movies or TV series, which I think is Derek. There's basically, there's basically no movie pass in the United States either at this still point. basically more movie pass than there it, is here. So do you, do you guys not have AMCs? Cause that's upsetting. To we, me. There's AMC does not exist here. Damn it. Yeah. Because and, the AMC A-list is uh, 2199 well. for what? Three movies a week. I know. Yeah, it's not. No, you're overcharging. I think it's nineteen ninety nine. I'll give them twenty one. Yeah, I'll it's nineteen ninety nine it. for three movies a week, and you God. can do uh, you can buy your tickets in advance, pick yeah. your seats, and uh, includes three D and IMAX. That's insane. And well, in here, like really, there is only like there's two theater chains. There's Cineplex, which is the big big one, and then there's one called Landmark Cinemas, which has like. 15 or something theaters across two provinces and so there's really no competition which i feel like like in the states there's so many theater chains right and so something like an amc amc stubs or whatever it's called like i'm just gonna only go to amc whereas otherwise it's like oh maybe i'll go to this the other theater because it's closer to me because it's cheaper whereas here there's no competition anyways so why would they be inclined to release their own kind of subscription service yeah, no, I think that's fair. But what you could also do is sign up for the AMC A list and find out if there's any in Seattle and just <laughs> and drive three hours every time I, I mean, want to go see how much how much do you want to save? <laughs> do you know that gas gas in Canada <laughs> just hit an all time high of a dollar seventy per liter. And there's like I, mean, three, I don't know there's don't like know so there's three, I think it's like three point seven something liters in a gallon. Okay. I was like, I don't know what that breaks down yeah, to. I know yeah. that I pay almost four dollars a gallon. It's, it um, breaks down to expensive. I it's, it's like sixty dollars to fill up my Miata the other day. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, if you want to continue playing video games, you can keep your Game Pass. Uh, if you want to actually enjoy movies, don't live in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the real that's that's the real trick right there. Um, so, one other question I want to ask that is game related before we go. Um, you did mention, I mean, you just mentioned like, oh, I think I want to try something else like Life is Strange or something like that. Like did, because it's been a lot, like when is the last time you played like a modern or what would be considered a modern game before this? 
like maybe playing one of the WWE 2Ks at someone's house. Okay. Like it's, I am very, very disconnected from it. Sure. All. But you've never like, like, you've not like sat down to play a game in a very long time. It sounds no, like. No, even when I bought the, um, the Xbox one through work, uh, for the, for the WWE network purposes. Yeah. Like I went to Best Buy on black Friday and picked up like borderlands and the orange box and like a few of those classic, like 360 games totally, that yeah. I remember. And I have, they're still in their wrapper. Like I've, <laughs> it's been like three years. They've just been sitting there yeah. collecting dust. Um, I do kind of want to bust out the orange box and play Portal because I played around with you Portal should. when yeah. it first came out, and I really enjoyed it. So I, I went to this uh, retro video game expo last summer, and uh, they like there's a ton of merchants, a ton of booths, and I bought a copy because Michaela has never played Portal. Bought a copy of the Orange Box for 360, so I could play it on my Xbox One. Get it home, pop the disc, and disc is too fucking scratched. Won't read at Ooh. all. So Oof. she's still not played Portal. Um, but my question well, was going to be I, like, I'll tell you what, if I haven't opened up this goddamn game, by Comic-Con, <laughs> I'll just bring it to you. You're my hero. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, so my, my question was, does this, does something like this, does, does playing this or does seeing what you could play now that you are forever subscribed to Xbox game pass? Does, does it make you want to sit down and try anything else aside from something like life is strange, which it sounds like is mostly because of how much I've talked about it over the past five years. But, um, does it like it like browsing through that collection or browsing through the cut? Like it, does it make you interested in seeing what else might be out there? I think so. Here's the thing. And, and I remember Jonathan London saying this years ago on Geekscape. Um, I think it's just a it's it's just a time factor. Yeah, it's it's you know like when you're really geeky into a ton of stuff, like you kind of have your prioritization of things. So like for me, like I try to make sure that I keep up to date with WWE stuff, right? And I try to see Kofi new Mania twenty nineteen. I try to see new movies as they come out while simultaneously making sure that I'm watching everything that I need to watch for the podcasts sure. that I host. So like that takes up a whole lot of time right there. So like comic books really kind of suffered in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's been either. I I totally agree. It's been a year or two since I've really read comics, and it's not because I don't want to. It's just like finding you know I will prioritize other things first. It seems like and and that's what I mean. Like gaming just has never been my top priority, which is actually kind of weird because at the same time, um, gaming is probably the one that you can multitask the easiest. Cause you can like listen to a podcast while playing a video mm-hmm. game or like throw on some music or what I used to do. This is awful. This is like Matt being crazy, but at my old house, we actually had two TVs set up side by side and we would put on a movie on the one TV and then play the super Nintendo on the other that's one. So funny. so like that was always fun like that was like a cool thing to be able to do and like like, i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to a different podcast in each year yeah (laughs) i mean essentially yes (laughs) but yeah it was just especially because like you're playing super mario brothers like you don't need to give that your full undivided attention it's very much just like you're hitting buttons and jumping and i'm not saying watching a movie for the first time like putting in something that i've seen a thousand times sure. and just kind of so like you don't really have to pay it. that much attention to it yeah yeah i wouldn't put on like a brand new movie that i'd never seen while also trying to play legend of zelda like right. that's not i'm not going to accomplish anything but <laughs> like throwing on just like an old favorite just for background noise because i don't want to listen to the looped 8-bit music was like perfect interesting okay um well what do you say we wrap this up i think that that's a great idea
Okay. So as I mean, thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Matt of the playing with squirrels podcast for being on this show <laughs> with me today. Uh, would you do another one of these? Did you have enough yeah. fun? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, we'll see you next week. As, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing this hunter game. <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll be sure to have you back sometime. Uh, it's been great talking to you and I love, I, it's, I think what I'm most excited about kind of as this podcast ramps up is that just kind of this role idea of rolling hosts and getting different perspectives from different people who are invested in video games at a different level. And, um, you know, playing this with someone that plays games all the time might have been a totally different conversation. And I feel like it makes it very interesting to switch it all up. And so I appreciate you taking the time and being here and being my friend. Oh, of course. I love you, dude. Uh, and as this podcast ramps up, anything that you listeners can do if you have enjoyed what you've listened to over the past few episodes we would love it if you subscribe to the podcast we would love it if you shared it with your friends if you like it enough to hit that five star or four star or however many stars you think we're worth review on itunes that will help us a lot as well um and we're still figuring things out we're still ramping things up if you have any feedback i would love to hear it uh i can be reached at derek at geekscape.net that's derek spelled d-e-r-e-k um But yeah, thank you so much for listening to Xbox Game Passengers, and we will be back very soon with The Hunter Call of the Wild. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.